On this episode of Resi Week, we talk ISC cancellations and CES is back in Las Vegas, as well as protection from cybersecurity in voice use cases. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 274, Plug and Play. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have the one and only Jamie Breesmeister. She is the CEO and boss lady at Integration Controls. How are you doing, Jamie? doing very well how are you today i'm doing fantastic i i, I got coffee earlier because i lost power and figured that was the, the best way to approach it so you know absolutely yeah <laughs> then we have jimmy paskey he is the uh he's with residential sales for surgex how you doing jimmy fantastic speaking of losing power i i don't lose power over here matt i might be able to help you with that <laughs> well luckily thanks to you i monitor it a whole lot better now we know what's going go. on i just can't always <laughs> you know help our, our friends do something about it yeah yeah we have we have all these overhead power lines you know north american oh. stuff and uh wind rain trees sometimes means boom transformers like to go yeah that yeah happens. it's problematic but you know it is what it is all right ladies and gentlemen let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from ce pro ISE 2021 is already uh, kind of starting to cancel a couple events. They're canceling the two breakout events in Amsterdam and Munich due to those countries' updated COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, ISE Digital is still on track, so that's going to go ahead as as planned. But unfortunately, those two events are, are being canceled. The other two uh, events of that four part are going forward in in spain and the uk so they remain on target uh the other topic that we're going to discuss in this little trade show blitz is from residential systems cta will return to las vegas for ces 2022 uh that will be in person an in-person full event uh with a uh, programming for a wider global digital audience uh in case some of that stuff changes down the road uh, but for CES, they have a, a, a something like over a thousand companies have already committed to that event in Las Vegas. Uh, so Gary Shapiro was uh, the the president of CTA was very excited about that. Jamie, when you when you look at this from a attendee standpoint, um, this is showing me kind of two things. Um, I'm going to take two things away from this. One, it's awesome that we're getting closer and closer to in-person going forward in, you know, kind of full capacity. Um, I watched the Kentucky Derby and it had like 50 something people, 50 something thousand people there, which was awesome to see. Um, the, but, but we're also seeing that, you know, ISC had planned for those events and then changes that, that are beyond their control are happening and they've lost now two of their four events. Is it incredibly difficult at this point to plan any attendance to any show? Do you have to take it with a grain of salt of, yeah, we're going to book and we'll see where we are a month out? 
at this point, I think that's what we have to do. I think we have to plan for today and be prepared for what tomorrow might bring. Um, ISD would have loved to continue in Amsterdam and Munich, I, I bet. But if the decision is made outside of what you can control, then you just have to roll with what you can. It's still one of those, it's probably one of the most um, interesting years for people who are trying to plan anything. I know I feel that way with events that are close to home and much smaller scale. I couldn't imagine trying to bring people from around the world into an event and not know even if they can travel mm -hmm. and if they have to quarantine when they get there. So yeah, we just have to be flexible and um, buy traveler's insurance. <laughs> Yes, right. always get the traveler's insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, it, it, uh, I'm trusting you can speak to this a little bit from a manufacturer standpoint, or at least a, a, a gentleman who attends as a manufacturer. When, when you see this, when you see kind of the tumultuous events that, uh, again, are well beyond ISC's control and, and Mr. Blackman's control, but when you look at ISC, when you look at CES, is this something that... It, it, is it is it incredibly challenging? Is it as challenging as I would think it is to look at it and, and try to determine how you're going to attend a show or if you're going to attend a show, knowing that, you know, Amsterdam is is coming very quickly for that that event and that booth build, all of that stuff is already in the works. It's already going and restrictions change. So that has to get postponed. How do you manage that? Can you manage that? Yeah, I think you, well, I like what Jamie said. First off, you can control for what you can control for, right? We were starting out, you know, kind of kidding about power. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of beyond your control. And so Matt's house loses power, not for anything he did. Um, but I guess one thing as a manufacturer we can do is just make a decision. And for Cedia, along with uh, quite a few other uh, vendor partners that we all got on a a Zoom call not too long ago and said, look, we can either wait to see if dealers are going to come. And of course, they're probably going to wait to see if vendors are going to show. And then mm -hmm. we're all just waiting. Or we could say, hey, we're going to go big. You know, we're going to we're going to say that we're committed to the show and march along, like Jamie said, planning that, you know, it's going to happen. Um, now, one of the things that we liked was Indianapolis was showing that they are prepared Mm -hmm. to handle a good number of people. They've done it in Q4. They had over 40 events with thousands of people in attendance. I think up to 10,000 mm -hmm. was the max. So I think that uh, bodes well for us. And uh, Emerald you know, also produced documentation that showed that they could handle an event that was safe. And I think as long as parties feel safe and it's the vendor, it's the dealer, but also the community that all these people, all these strangers mm -hmm. are coming into with God knows whatever germs they have. And, you know, the good news is, is I think Vegas is totally accustomed to that kind of all these people coming in from God knows where, you know, with all the germs they might have. I don't know about you, but after, th <laughs> after about three minutes standing outside of the airport, I want to wash my hands. And um, I think, I think it's, it's awesome actually to see CES, you know, being planned for. And it's mm -hmm. cool to see really big brands that so far are committed, Sony and LG and Panasonic and those those large booths that you see, because obviously that's going to help, you know, attract more. Once those guys say they're out, then it's just like a domino effect. You mm -hmm. know, if they're out, then who's coming? 
because people traditionally like to come and see what those big innovative tech companies are up to. Yeah. I like Eureka Park with the smart underwear and everything else that comes out of that each year. Wait, you have smart underwear? I, I didn't buy any. I didn't buy any yet. I just liked it. I like oh, looking okay. at it. I'm intrigued now. I'm, I'm gosh, that's Ask Julie be... Jacobson. She knows all about it. That was possible. Uh, I am not Googling <laughs> that though, unless I'm using like DuckDuckGo or something. That's, that's asking for trouble. Uh, right. So uh, Jimmy, just to, just to recap, um, you guys are fully in for CD Expo, correct? Correct. Jamie, are, what, what's your feeling on it? Going. Excellent. I love but it. But I'm also in the Midwest, so I can drive. You can And drive. I know that for those, yeah. So, I've, you know, I've, I've been speaking with a few people about it. it. It feels like it will still draw a global presence, but certainly, I think, more regional. Those that can drive and, and be there within, you know, four or five hours. Um, it makes it easier when and about the whole, you know, insurance. <laughs> no more travelers yeah. insurance if you just have to get in your car and go. Um, but no, we're we're in. I'm excited. I'm definitely intrigued to see how it how it goes off this year. And I, I say that somewhat tongue in cheek, knowing that the likelihood of me getting there is really small. <laughs> Due to, yeah. as you mentioned, quarantines and all of that all fun of that. stuff from international border travel, which used yeah. to be so simple back back right. when we were kids, it was easy. Some of the conversations that we've had were like, well, you know, we're putting together ideas on events to do. And it's like, well, is this the year for that? Is this the year for that event? And my contention is, why not? Why isn't it the year? We've all done and, and we've all had a very odd past year. Why not try something a little new or different? Um, why not Why not go and see uh, if, if you feel safe, if you've been vaccinated, if you feel that you can be around? Um, I'm excited about it. So why, why not it be the year to see neat things like and hopefully have some manufacturers out there showing us some new stuff? We haven't seen anything in a while. Let's, yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I am hopefully no one's listening to this well like hopefully a lot of people are listening to this but hopefully <laughs> no one that this effect I, i'm seriously trying to find a way to get across that that mr trudeau's There's border. No, no tunnels or anything yeah. from canada that's on the other side <laughs> from what i hear no. the, at least all the shows i watch they they imply I'm sure there's a tim there's a tim hortons near the border that you could just there's secret door <laughs> tunnel your way let's change topics before i get a visit from csa uh this <laughs> is coming to us from CE Pro, how to better protect both you and your client from cybersecurity breaches. Uh, read through the article. Um, Peter covers a, a lot of really good points. And, and one of the things that really stuck out to me that I was intrigued with was making sure that as the integrator, you know, or at least are attempting to know what the manufacturers are doing with that data and, and with anything that is coming out of their device to the web, which a, I like to see that because most people don't think about that. They think about, Oh, you know, we've got to protect everything inside. And obviously every device I get from a manufacturer is going to be really good and safe. Um, Jimmy, when you, when you see this, when you read through this article and, and see what he's talking about with, uh, outside organizations and, and manufacturers, I would love to believe that a 
all of our manufacturers in our you know cedia ish family are doing the best they can to make sure that their products are safe and and uh up to the the highest level of security possible i would also love to believe that they are actively working to maintain that and thirdly i'd love to believe that they have paperwork to back this up i don't know if any of those assumptions are true <laughs> how hard is it as a manufacturer to a keep on top of these things but b get your your integrator partners to to trust you and and be able to actually validate their concerns and, and and prove that you're doing everything possible as a manufacturer to maintain that that data security of your device yeah i know that's a I, lot <laughs> no i well it it's very interesting quite frankly we had a a brand new dealer uh this past 60 days with an Envision diagnostic tool, that thing you're familiar with, mm -hmm. put it on the network. Something happened. He swore, the homeowner actually, I think, Edge nudged this into uh, the conversation, but somebody speculated that another entity was able to dig into this homeowner's system through our box and turn off the outlets. We were able to assess that it was a power event that turned off the outlets. You know, we were, we, you can run a log, oh, it was a power event, therefore it turned off the outlets. But in that discussion, you know, this product is 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in order to access it, you either need to create a VPN, you need to open up the port, which you guys have uh, talked about for a long time now, about opening ports, mm -hmm. right? Um, and there's very little security. It's admin, admin is the password. So, you know, what do you do, right? This this product's 10 years old. So I, I wrote back, I said, okay, I'll tell you what, we have a brand new product that is up to par with all of the, you know, latest and greatest cybersecurity, including, including 802.1x, mm -hmm. which is something corporate America wants to ensure our products are uh, enabled with because of their security uh, compliance issues. And I tell you, that is a huge deal, man. Oh, yeah. I, I watched, a, a, I don't know what they call him, a guy that used to be a hacker and now is a, you know, a buddy. He wants to tell you all at HTSA oh, and Ozzy and yeah. yeah. So he shows you all the back doors and whatnot. And immediately I'm thinking, man, Amatech is such a diversified company. We should buy a company that offers insurance to integrators. Because honestly, the, the integrator, I feel like, is going to get the brunt of all this. They're the ones that put the system together. They're mm -hmm. the ones that built the network. They're the ones that are supposed to be the experts in all of the products that integrate. We might be the expert in the power product, but so what? You're using like 20, 30 categories of stuff in a home. Mm -hmm. And then forget about if a kid in the home or somebody else adds a little Wi-Fi adapter so they could turn their lamp on and off with voice, which is our next conversation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what if that thing's open, opened itself up or the entire home up to some sort of threat? Anyhow, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's it, a challenge. It is. It is seriously a challenge. Uh, Jamie, I don't want to change the direction of the question I wanted to ask because I, I think it's arguably the most valid. But it, it Jimmy brought up a, a really good point that was something connected to a, a project that we actually I was working on this morning of a client had an, an 
a DVR. It's like four years old. They lost the camera. We had to put a new camera on. The new camera wouldn't work with the old system because the original platform had a very simplistic um, authentication system for its cameras. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it's it, it is a step above consumer grade, right? This is it's glorified consumer grade, but it's what the client had wanted, yada, yada, yada. So having the conversation with the client of, yes, that new camera will work, but if the system resets, you'll have to re-enter that password. Well, why? Right. Like, well, because the new one has to, you know, fit the new security profiles that are required in any corporate environment so that they can sell that camera. It's a brand new camera. Your system's four years old. It is what it is. Well, I don't care. Which brings me to my actual question for you of <laughs> clients are really, every time there is a news article that hits like your six o'clock local news, not even national news, but when it gets down to your local news of these people can hack your car or your toaster mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever silly device you've put Your on yes yeah. yes they, exactly. they they hacked my baby's monitor every time those articles come up clients get really concerned about can you know their their internet security as an integrator we we would trust that you at integration controls do everything you can to make sure that the products that you're selling and putting in a home are safe is that not step one and step two should be that you have a really good liability waiver for any network you ever touch because you guys are great at what you do you probably have a really good network engineer either on staff or on contract mm -hmm. it, nothing's to stop Ho johnny homeowner from clicking an email and throwing all of that security out the window absolutely is the liability waiver not technically more important than even that network engineer? <laughs> On a contract, yeah. <laughs> even a contract with terms and conditions. No, I think it I, I think it is, you know, and as we've had this conversation, I'm like, gosh, what does mine look like now? <laughs> you know, and we try every year we go back, we'll try to go back and go, okay, does this contract, does this agreement read the way it should? Um, not sure if we did that yet this year. So mm. Uh, I want to go back and see if it does or if it doesn't. Obviously, we're covered by certain business insurance policies and what have you, but the actual document and the conversation mm -hmm. with the client, too. You know, we we provide great products. We have a great engineer. We do all the best practices. We get rid of admin, admin, right? Mm -hmm. um, we use a, a service like LastPass where our technicians don't even see usernames and passwords. Uh, we keep it locked down for the owners of the company to have access to it. So, you know, it's all on us if something happens. But even beyond that, Johnny Homeowner can still click on an email mm -hmm. that disrupts everything that was done. And there's absolutely no way that we can protect for that human response yeah. outside of a CYA piece of paper that, you know, it, it, it is what it is. There's really nothing out there that can protect a hundred percent right now. Yeah. And that's just the reality I think of the world that we live in too. By the way, it's, it's, it's trickier now. You're, you're the Johnny homeowner. The, the tactics are, are trickier. Uh, they, 
they mentioned it towards the end of their article about the trust level, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could get hit multiple times and, you know, you oh, I, I caught that one, caught that one. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this looks like it's from a friend or a company I do business with. Click. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm to the point and you know a big part of our business the last four or five years has been IT and I'm to a point now where I don't trust anything that comes in it doesn't matter who it came from or who it looks like it came from and you know what concerns me is it's not it's not my 85 year old mother-in-law or my 70 year old parents it's even my wife who you know, lives with me and, and puts up with my berating her over, you know, you got to check every stinking email or text that comes through. But it is so like, they're so devious these days. It's very, very scary. So yes, right. the takeaway should be call your lawyer who you should have right. and make sure that you have a liability waiver that every client signs if you touch their network. And by touch, I mean, literally you... You connect anything or plug something in, they got to sign that waiver. And secondly, not to get on a soapbox, but to get on a soapbox, call your insurance agent and make sure that your business insurance includes data breach and security because most don't. And you're going to get hammered if you ever get caught. So, right. Yeah. The, the, and it might just include that for like you. Yes. If you, if you're, bre if you were breached. Yes. But not your clients. But, I, but, but, well, but what about your clients exactly? And and that's the big part of that conversation is I know even when we dealt with our insurance company on that, they were like, oh yeah, you're totally covered. I'm like, no, no, no. We need to be covered for our, our insurance, like our property and our premise, our equipment, but we need to be covered for anything we put into a client's home or a business because so many residential integrators are now messing with corporate uh it all right let's let's move on because i can soapbox about legalese and, and stuff for days last story of the day this comes to us from residential systems uh research from parks and associates is revealing that consumers are wanting to use voice control mainly for lights t-stats and cameras uh, you don't hear a lot of things on this on controlling the tv and you know channel surfing from that jamie when when you see this when you read through this article and it it covers a really good swath. Now, keep in mind, right, that Parks is, although they are skewed towards the CI channel, they're not asking necessarily CI channel consumers. Yeah. They're asking general populace. But when you see this and, and take away what the average consumer is asking for, and knowing that the average consumer could be your client, are we typically within the community expecting too much of voice because the way i read this most customers want to be able to say hey turn on the kitchen light not ooh, set the kitchen to this and do the pot lights to that they're not trying to create a scene they're just trying to hit a light are we asking too much of voice i think in certain areas yeah i mean if we if we start to think that someone's going to sit down and know to verbally dictate exactly the experience they want. That's challenging in sales to even have them tell you what the experience is that they want, right? <laughs> because a lot of times they don't know that you have to paint the picture and, and show what's possible. Um, 
But what I do like about this study and, and the research is that it's, it's opening up the concept more. Mm-hmm. So more people are seeing smart or sorry, voice, voice control systems and smart TVs, locks, thermostats, et cetera, the more opportunity they'll have for it to work or not work, the more opportunity we have in the CI channel to make that experience even better and to hone in on those things if we listen correctly and sell the right goods and services to focus in on the fact that research is showing, they really just want to turn their lights on, adjust thermostat. And if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, we also talked about earlier before we started recording about remotes, mm-hmm. right? And um, they can still be very complex, even in even in control systems where we're supposed to make things really simple, they can still look very complex. So if you're sitting down to do anything, it makes sense that you don't want to get up and change the lights. You don't want to get up and move a thermostat that you don't want to get up and adjust a door lock. We certainly don't want to go up and change the channel on our TV anymore with our hands, you know. Um, But you don't necessarily need that everywhere when your remote is very similar and it can give you that one simple experience. When you have a great app that allows you to maybe build your own custom scene in a visual sense instead of in a verbal sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a lot about this study because it shows that yeah, voice is on the rise. It was something that we've seen and felt in our industry. Um, it makes sense that it's you know happening post-COVID where people were not really encouraged to touch anything or if they did, you had to wash your hands all the time. And if you can imagine the ability to control those big areas of your home through voice, um, I think it's great. There was a part in here where they're talking about the correlation be- between a smart speaker and um, smart home device ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, my contention would just be that it was the cheapest thing on the market, probably, to kind of interject a microphone into your home. So smart speaker, uh, but um, a microphone digital assistant, yes. <laughs> well, even the cheapest way to get a speaker. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, Jimmy, wrap this up for us. One of the things that... I continually come back to when I see these studies and these reports is so often we are within, within the industry, we're so caught up in our industry specific products, right? Mm -hmm. And then you look at kind of as this article is alluding to, there's a lot of really good DIY products that are built to work together just really easily. For example, you know, Alexa's got a variety of products that all work with it and tie in really nice to Sony or or Samsung TVs or LG TVs, right? You can do stuff really easily with those products that is a lot harder to do with CI stuff. Should we be paying more attention to this? Is this an easier sell? I think I would say that our experiences are all relative. And if you if you want a nice one zone living room situation for under a thousand dollars that you can command via voice with limited you know functionality, that sounds wonderful. I think it's up to the Cedia channel to show the user what voice is capable of. And the best example, and I was blown away when it came out that Josh AI mm-hmm. uh, WebEx that they did, and it's probably not called a WebEx. It was a 
live launch of a product where they walked through the home. Yeah, the nano. And they showed launch. it. I was just like, holy crap, Alex. I, I, first off, this is the coolest thing I've seen all COVID. With all these folks that were trying to do something virtual, that was that takes the prize. If there's an Emmy for Cedia, boom, you know, Josh AI gets it. But I think I think they've got, you know, Cedia integrators have to continue to show the users what is out there by way of experience. It's not just lighting and your TV. When I say lighting, your lamp and your TV mm-hmm. and your speaker that you bought for 50 bucks or less. You know, it's every room in your home. It's shade control. You don't have to say the precise thing that the Alexa or Google Home wants you to say. You can use your language. You know, it's all in the programming. I think that that's where our opportunity lies still. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this DIY forever. You know, it, it, it changes, right? This is just another iteration of something else, some newer category. But we've been talking about this stuff forever. It's all relative, the experience that we can bring to the homeowner. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said too. There's, I remember I've been in this industry maybe 17 years this year and like, you know, Crestron, AMX, that, that was kind of the big, the, the system of the year, right? Decade really. And plug and play. Everybody wanted plug and play. We just wanted to plug and play. All the programmers wanted something. Well, we got that gentlemen. (laughs) We have plug and play. Uh, so let's not fight it too. Like I, there's, there's definitely an element of choosing the right products with the right voice control platform, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I do happen to be a fan of Josh, um, using the experiences that parks is saying these people want, but yeah, expanding on it. I know my very first car that I had is very different than the car that I'm driving now. It's more luxurious. It has a better ride. It has more amenities. It has more tech in it. That's what we need to show the masses who are used to buying their first car at Best Buy or or whatever big box they happen to go to when there's really a whole lot more that we can offer. So Mm -hmm. I'm always okay if something like this is out there as a loss leader, showing what experience can be, hopefully making it to where it wets their palate and gets them excited to want more as opposed to being so frustrated they never want it again. Very good. All right, let's wrap it there. Jimmy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Surgex, where can they do that? Just jump on ESPSurgex.com. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Madam Breezemeister, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about integration controls, where can they do that? We are at Control STL on all social media environments. So look us up. Excellent. Thank you both for joining us. As for myself, if you'd like to connect with me and uh, see some shit creeks memes, uh, you can do that at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 